Aloha, I'm Bob Ortega with Honolulu Civil Beat, and this is Hawaii Storytellers. Ever since I was a kid, I wanted to be a backpacker. It was something a little different from my brothers who seemed to really enjoy where we grew up in San Diego. Um, but I felt like there was like a, a wanderlust gene that I inherited. Colby Lawton, a legislative aide, loved to travel to such exotic places as Australia and Cambodia. But as he tells us in this story, he discovered that he also had to wrestle with the question of whether he could really go home again. I think it really started, the itchy feet really started to, to get to me when I first went to Europe when I was about 12 or 13 years old. and must have been really impressionable at that age. Um, I experienced uh, a lot of different cultures, a lot of different ways of living, a lot of people wearing a lot less clothes than I was used to. Um, and it was really exciting, you know, more than just the people not wearing less clothes, but the cultures, the languages, the food. I loved all of it, you know, during that trip. We would do one thing that my parents wanted to do. We could go to a museum, do those things, and, and then we'd do something that my brothers wanted to do, you know, go play at a water park, those kind of things. And I loved both of them equally. You know, I just had the best time I'd ever had in, in Europe. So when I got home, you know, I, I kind of realized that that's something that I, I wanted to make a regular part of my life is to, is to travel. I used to look at I used to go on the internet and look up different backpacks and like camping gear and just anything I could find. It just meant freedom for me, you know, to a certain degree. Um, you know, looking back with hindsight, I think a lot of, uh, a lot of it had to do with, uh, you know, escaping certain pressures that I think most people go through. Thinking too much about what people think of me, not really feeling like I had the ability to uh, really be who I wanted to be um, for whatever reason. And, so eventually that, that sense of adventure is what brought me out here for college. It's similar to where I'm from, beachy, I still get to surf. Um, my grandma lived out here for about 23 years, so I got to visit her a lot in Kailua. And um, so I got accepted to HPU and I thought, why not? You know, it's way better than Fullerton, that's cow country, you know? <laughs> so I come out here, come out here and um, pretty quickly got itchy feet again. I think. Uh, I think I still felt some of the same pressures. I was living in the dorms in Kaneohe, and you know, there's a lot of uh, a lot of my peers around there. And I guess I just didn't feel quite assimilated into it for whatever reason. I just didn't I didn't feel a part of. And uh, so <clears throat> I went to the study abroad office, took that opportunity, and um, I found myself in Australia for a semester on the Gold Coast. Same thing, pretty similar, you know, a lot of surf, you know, I couldn't really quite get away from girls in bikinis and the whole beach thing, like, you know, it's just a part of what I've loved all my life, so, um, and uh, so I spent about five months out there and I just had a blast, I just threw off the reins for the first time in my life and like had some crazy experiences and I went to Sydney for the Mardi Gras parade and we snuck into the parade, you know, we like dressed up and we snuck in, danced all around, it was wild. Um, one of the experiences I'll never forget. And uh, so <clears throat> when I came back, by now Hawaii had kind of become my home more or less. I still love to visit San Diego, but lived out here. And um, I guess what I experienced, I thought I had left a lot of parts of myself behind, you know, a lot of those constraints. And uh, once things got real and I was working again and going to school and, and like the school I was going to actually mattered because my credits just transferred from Australia, right? So I just had to pass my classes. It was great. So awesome. <laughs> you know, just get C's, like go to class once a week. And I kept the GPA. It was great. 
So I come back and I'm getting back to things and trying to figure out what I want to do with my life, which has always been this obsession of mine, you know, and what I want to do or, you know, who I want to be and what do people want me to be, those kind of things. And, um, you know, I experienced a lot of depression after coming back and I talked to some people about it and they said that's that's pretty normal, you know, kind of reassimilating into a different culture, that kind of stuff. And uh, pretty quickly developed itchy feet again. And um, I got the opportunity to go to Cambodia for a couple of weeks with a, a professor of mine. And um, so we spent 20 days in Cambodia and I went all around the country. I saw the temples and spent some time in the capital. I even spent some time at the beach, which is great. But I think my favorite part was something that was totally out of my comfort zone, and that was spending five days in a village, a rural village out in the middle of nowhere in Cambodia, totally landlocked, like it's flat as far as you could see, like people growing gr rice, and, and it was just, a, I was sleeping on a floor with this mosquito net over me that had bugs like that big on it when I'd wake up, and you know, and the, I just, I loved it. I really did. I'd wake up early in the morning, we'd go pound rocks into the foundation for a library for their school. And, and then during the hottest part of the day, we'd read, I'd just sit there on the, on the balcony and read of the house that we were living in. And, um, and these, these kids would walk by, you know, and they'd wave every time, hey, hey. And when I got the energy again, I'd go over down to where their school was. And this is my favorite part of that whole experience was um, playing soccer with the kids. And you know, about half of Cambodia is under the age of 14. So there's plenty of kids, you know, we're just playing tag and tickle fighting. And like, they were even coming up to me and trying to pronounce my name, you know, Ulbi, I'd be like, no, Colby. And then I'd give theirs a try, you know, Neith. Um, Ong, and then one was uh, Ri, and every single one of those kids was going, no, no, Ri, and I'd try and do it, Ri, no, and I'm like, oh, okay, well, I'm Ulbi, so that's how that's going to go, and I just, you know, 20, 30 minutes of that, you know, and I just, I just realized once again, I just really, I didn't care what people thought, I just was having a blast, I was really living in the moment, um, so I experienced a lot of the same uh, feelings that I did when I first moved back from Australia, you know, and I was surprised because I'd only spent three weeks out there. I didn't expect the same uh, cultural readjustment period, you know. I mean, I think the jet lag was pretty bad. I was going to sleep at like seven in the morning every night, every day, and waking up at seven. It's like, what am I going to do with myself? But uh, I got back into things, and it was a slow, was a slow transition, a slow process. It took a lot of time and a lot of uh, talking to people and surrounding, realizing that I think the first thing I need to do is work on myself. You know, if I'm trying to run away from <clears throat> these things that seem to continue to bug me, then maybe that's something I need to look at before I get itchy feet again. And um, so I started to surround myself with the right people, um, with good people who really had my best interest in mind. And, you know, I started partying a little less and kind of took things a little more seriously just in terms of uh, taking care of myself. Over a period of time, um, I actually met some great people who are a little further ahead in their lives and a little older who had great advice for me. And one of them, I told them that I was thinking about doing some tutoring after I graduated. And she works for a, a company down in Kaimuki, or she actually owns the company, a, a tutoring company. And she's like, well, why don't you come work for me for a little while and see how it works out, you know? So <clears throat> as soon as I graduated, or a little bit before I graduated even, I was working with kids again. And I found out how much I really, really do love working with kids. You know, I got this like, the moment that it really hit me, I was working with this four-year-old girl that I've been working with for months, you know. And, um, she's just this tiny little girl named Caitlin and she's trying to get into private schools. So we're doing these kind of things and just like 
like uh, interview stuff, that kind of thing. But she like she loves to joke around. And she goes, "You're trying to trick me," and all this fun stuff, you know. And around Christmas, she uh, she gave me a gift, and she kind of looks at me and she says, "Don't open it until Christmas." Very serious. Just do not open this until Christmas. And like I kind of smiled, and as soon as she left, like I just felt this like realization in a sense, like not necessarily the same realization I'm used to, like where I'm, it's always in my head, it was just in my heart and in my gut of like, you know, I, I can really do the things that I've always wanted to do elsewhere here. You know, I can, I can be a part of this community and I can be, I can work with kids and I can, you know, I can do the things that I always thought I'd need to do, you know, like in my head, I thought one day I'd become an EOD guy and I would go like excavate mines in Cambodia and that kind of thing. And instead of doing that recently, I've just been picking up trash wherever I go because I figure that's like a little less dangerous, you know? And it's kind of the same thing, you know, trying to pick up some garbage that was left on the ground. So, um, you know, I found ways to really participate in this community, you know? And um, so <clears throat> I started, you know, things were looking pretty good for me here and they still are. Um, I got the opportunity to apply to the Peace Corps and recently and I got invited. Um, pending medical and legal clearance. Unfortunately, as of Tuesday, I, I didn't quite get through the medical clearance. So I was a little bit disappointed. Um, I think anyone would be, you know, but at the same time, like, I'm, I'm not devastated. You know, I think I would have been devastated if this had happened a couple years ago. That would, I'd have been just totally obsessed with the idea of, like, be getting in the peace, I was gonna get to go back to Cambodia, which I love Cambodia, and, you know, I, just, I was just really looking forward to it. But to realize that when I took a step back from the experience, at first I was angry. I spent about an hour really upset. Um, and I had spent all night the night before helping a friend with a paper. So I was also sleep deprived, which didn't help me being upset. But I, uh, I took some time and I thought about it. And I realized, you know, there's a lot of opportunities here for me right now. And there's a lot of really good people in my life for me here. And I've uh, spent the past four and a half, five years really building that life, you know. So uh, I guess I, I would end it with a quote um, from Bob Marley. It says, live the life you love and love the life you live. And I think that's what I've been doing here and I'm gonna keep doing it. Thanks. For more stories from our Hawaii Storytellers events, subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and Stitcher and visit our site at civilbeat.com. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter.